to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Are you ready? All right. Take your Bibles. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Father, I thank you for your word on the kingdom tonight. I thank you for opening our eyes up to what you want us to see. Thank you. As revelation comes, our relationship with you will grow with your kingdom and with everything you want in our purpose and the plan for us. I thank you for your Holy Ghost tonight doing what he does. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. All right. Genesis chapter 1. Going to continue from Sunday talking about citizenship. I believe it's one of the most important revelations that you can get because it gets rid of a lot of the religion that's in our lives. How many of you know we grew up in religion? We still think religiously in a lot of areas. And when you start learning about the kingdom of God, a lot of religion gets hit. And basically, you've got to make a change in the way that you think. Jesus put it this way repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 26. Very beginning, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of man, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. This, once again, is God's original plan. That's why it's in Genesis chapter 1. He created a physical territory. That territory was called earth. Then he created a spiritual man with a physical body, and he let that physical man and put him in charge to rule the planet that he created, which was earth. Notice two key words here are let them. Say let them. Notice he didn't say let us, he didn't include himself, he said let them, talking about man. At that time God transferred dominion, authority, and rulership to the man and also management of the earth. So only a spirit in a physical body has dominion on the earth. If you get this revelation, it'll help you a lot. Only a spirit in a physical body has dominion on the earth. That means God does not have dominion on the earth. It means the devil does not have dominion on the earth. But how many of you know God and the devil get most of the credit or the bad credit for what goes on in the earth? Yet they really don't have anything much to do around here because it's a person in a physical body that rules here in the Word. So you've got to understand there's a major key. Only a spirit in a physical body has dominion on the earth. Most of the churches is focused on being religious and basically getting to heaven. But the kingdom focus that Jesus preached on had nothing to do with heaven at all. It was on a kingdom, and it was getting heaven into the earth realm. Now, if he was going to get heaven into the earth realm, he was going to get the morals of heaven, the values of heaven, and all those things into the earth realm. How was he going to do it? He's going to do it through a spirit in a physical body. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in order for that to happen, it must come through a man in a physical body who is a spirit being. When man rebelled against God and the government of heaven, Adam at that time lost dominion. He lost the kingdom and he lost his citizenship in a country that's called heaven. How many of you know heaven's a real country? It's a spiritual country. You can't see it. It's invisible. But basically it is a country nonetheless. 
when he lost dominion basically and lost his citizenship, Jesus came to restore back to mankind what Adam lost. He didn't come to restore heaven because he never had heaven. He certainly didn't come to restore religion because God never gave religion to man. So his original purpose for a man on the earth has never changed since Genesis chapter 1. Man messed it up a little bit, but it hasn't changed. Everything God did from the fall until Jesus was to make a way for the return of the kingdom of God and restore man to citizenship in the kingdom of God. The Bible, if you read it as a religious book, you won't get much out of it. It is a book about a king, a kingdom, a heavenly country that's named heaven, also a natural country that's called earth, and about a father and his family. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 19. It says, Now, when? Now. now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are members of the household of who? Now, notice he says, Right now, when you were born again into the kingdom of God, right now, therefore, you are no more a stranger and a foreigner. What were you a stranger and a foreigner of? You were a stranger and foreigner of heaven after Adam sinned and failed. At that time, you became the citizen of another kingdom, which is called the kingdom of darkness here on the earth. And basically, at that time, we also lived on the earth. We also have a citizenship here. We're citizens of the United States of America. Here it says citizens. So citizenship is the most valuable asset of any nation, and citizenship is not membership. Kingdoms have citizens. Churches have members. You can be kicked out of the church, out of your denomination, out of your club, but nobody can kick you out of being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Today there's millions of illegal aliens pouring into the United States. Masses of people from the south are clamoring to get in this country. They'll risk their life, their capture, jail, deportation, getting shot just to cross the border. Why? What draws them? Better jobs, higher pay, health care, a better quality of life. For many, it is the possibility of becoming a citizen in the United States. Nobody is trying to get from here to Mexico. No one is trying to sneak into Haiti. They're coming to a better place for a better life. Some people are desperate enough to do anything they have to to become part of a prosperous nation or become a citizen of that nation. Now, and this is where the kingdom of heaven really gets good because when you find out that you're living in the earth realm, people get born again, they're Christians, ha la la, they citizens, but they don't know they're citizens of heaven, so they're living down here, and the only citizenship they live in is the citizenship of being an American. So the only thing you can get from your citizenship is what that country can give you. So your citizenship, if you're going to live with your citizenship as being in America more than being in the kingdom of heaven, you're going to get all the things that you need from America. But how do you know America compared to heaven is like Haiti compared to the United States? Yeah. And this is why people aren't coming into the kingdom of God and getting born again because we have religitized it and made it something where you just be good and you're going to get to heaven. No, it's a better place. It's a better citizenship. It's a better way of life that's promised to you when you become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. People should be running into the church, but they're not because the church is religitized. Randy, you've got to be a good boy, you've got to be a good little girl, you've got to be, well, let's get into citizenship. Let's get into what it really is. It's not religion. It's basically citizenship into another country in a lot better country than you were living in at one time. 
So citizenship is the most sacred privilege of any nation. People will die to become a citizen of a country. Citizenship has great power. It has great privileges that come with it. The kingdom of heaven is no different. It is not a religion. It is a governmental country. Heaven is a real place, although you can't see it. It's invisible. Heaven is a country. Jesus is a king, and we are citizens. The kingdom of God offers a better way of life. Say the kingdom, the kingdom. offers a better way of life. When you get in the kingdom of God, one thing you're going to discover if you read and study real good is you're going to find out that it's no longer a demand like religion was. It is an offer. In other words, when you're in religion, don't do this. That's a demand. Don't do that. Certainly don't do this. That's sin. Don't behave like that. Don't do this. And people get guilty because you're not doing that and you're telling them not to do it and actually you're really trying to correct them or whatever and they get guilty because they're doing something wrong in the kingdom. So God's mad at me. God doesn't care about me. God's upset about me. It's not that way. God's not upset with anybody. The thing is God offers us in the kingdom a better way of life and you choose whether you receive that offer or not. If you don't, God don't get mad at you for not taking the better way. In other words, if I came to you and I said, well, I know a stock that's going to go up, put in $1,000 a day, it's going to be worth $5,000 by the end of the week. And you say, well, I ain't going to do that. And you don't do it. I'm not going to get mad at you because you didn't. But if you'd have did it, how many know you'd have been better off? And that's what God does. God comes along and says, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. He's not saying, well, you better, better do this. And that's what religion taught us. You better go to church on Sunday or you're going to hell. That's the way it is. Well, that's not the way it is. God's offering you something for Sunday. He's offering the word. He's teaching you come to a place where you can grow up and learn a thing about the kingdom of God and stir the spirit of God up on the inside. It's an offer. You ain't going to go to hell just because you don't come to church. You may live like you're in hell here. See, so everything in the kingdom of God is an offer. It's not a demand, demand, demand. And you've got to get that out of your mind. God is not mad at you for everything that you do wrong. He's trying to get you to do it right so your life gets better than do it wrong. All right, go to Isaiah chapter 9. All right, Isaiah chapter 9, look at verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born. How many have ever heard this scripture before? <laughs> we read it every Christmas, and we don't even know what it's talking about. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no and upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom in, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even now forever the zeal of the host will perform this. Now you've never heard anything about a government. This scripture has been read a thousand times. But notice what Jesus came to bring. He came to bring a government, the kingdom of heaven. He came to bring that, came upon his shoulders. He was bringing the kingdom that Adam lost back into the earth realm for each and every one of us to be a part of that kingdom. So here it says, basically, notice, his government will increase and it will never have an end. I mean, you know, every government in the earth falls apart sooner or later. Just a matter of time. Somebody starts corrupting, robbing, stealing, and it falls apart. But God's government is never going to be overthrown, never going to not end. And it is on the increase, according to this word. It's on the increase right now. It may be increasing one person at a time, but it is on the increase. Jesus did not come to bring a religion. It says nothing here about giving you a ticket to heaven. He came and brought a government, 
back with him. Jesus came to bring back a heavenly government back into the earth realm that Adam lost. A godly kingdom is established in righteousness. That's why we talk Sunday about it being a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Why did God make you righteous? Why did he provide by the blood righteousness for you when you entered the kingdom of God? Because in order for the kingdom of God to operate in the earth realm, you need some help. So he gave you someone by the name of the Holy Ghost who can only be in a righteous vessel. That's why you were made righteous. That's why people who are still trying to get righteous never operate in the Holy Ghost because they don't even believe they got him yet until they get righteous. So we go back to religion. As soon as I get righteous, boy, then I'll be able to do something. No, no, you are righteous, and it's the Holy Ghost that enables you to do things. And you don't even think you got the Holy Ghost yet because you're still trying to get righteous for the Holy Ghost to come in. But no, he made you righteous. Here it says his righteousness and judgment is the name of his kingdom. So God is establishing once again the kingdom that he lost. He wants to restore dominion to let them back to be to mankind. Basically give us management once again, but also give us citizenship of a country that's called heaven. He would open the door to citizenship in a heavenly, prosperous nation called the kingdom of God. All right, go to Luke 16. Talks about when you look at the things that are not seen and the things that are seen, basically. And right before that, it says, your light affliction will pass away. Well, whenever you're going through affliction, how many know it doesn't seem very light to me? Now, if you're going through it, it's light. But if I'm going through it, it's not a light affliction. Why was he saying that? Because as long as your affliction comes and you're looking for the world or the United States of America or the kingdom of darkness to help you out, it's not a light affliction. But if you're looking at your source, everything in the natural realm that comes against you is a light affliction because you've got the answer, peace that passes understanding, power, joy, authority, basically from this kind of... So we want to be more citizen-minded of heaven than we do of the earth. Because some things just earth can't help you with. All right, Luke chapter 16. Look at verse 16. It says, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man does what? Presses into it. So here he says, basically, after John and the prophets, how many know we're, we're past John and the prophets? He says, well, up until that time, basically, the law was preached. But notice now he says, after that time, how many know we're in after that time? He says here that the kingdom of God should be preached. But the kingdom of God is not being preached. Most places are teaching the law and the prophets yet. But notice, he doesn't say that. He says, now preach the kingdom of God. So like any other country, the kingdom of God has principle of citizenship, just like any nation around. Like America, once people know about the kingdom, and once they understand what it's all about, people clamor to get into that country if it's a good one. Even though in Europe, you know, the Muslims for a year have been clamoring to get into Europe. Why? Because it's better. There's so many of them getting in there that it's even starting to change the culture. So you're supposed to come in and take on the culture of the nation, not change the culture. So basically, everyone presses into it. Everyone is forcing his way into it. Once people really learn the truth about the kingdom of God, they can't wait to get in. When they found out about they have power now over their circumstances and situations, they have privileges, they have rights. So just like the southern border here in the United States, people are looking for a better life in the United States. Other people are looking for a better life spiritually in the kingdom of God. I mean, when you study Jesus' life, and he talked about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And notice, why did little children always run up to Jesus all the time? Disciples said, oh, get these kids away. He couldn't keep them away. They kept coming. Not only did poor people come to Jesus, but rich people came to Jesus. 
More than 5,000 stood on a hill while he preached for three straight days. We can't get people to church for one hour on Wednesday night. Come on. My goodness sakes, we're not going to go there tonight, praise God. Men left their farms, they left their families, they left their fishing boats. Why? Because everyone was hearing about this kingdom possibility and they were pressing in to get into it because they knew it was a better way of life. It was because they loved what he had to say. It was because he told them about citizenship in a kingdom that God would give them a higher lifestyle, a greater future, and control of their circumstances and situations. And all Jesus preached was the kingdom of God. So then let me ask you, why aren't we seeing people break down the church door to come in? Because very few people have ever preached and are preaching the kingdom. Oh, we preach faith. Oh, we preach religious things. Oh, we preach healing. And all those things are good, but there's a difference in healing in religion and healing in the kingdom. Healing in religion is God will heal you. Healing in the kingdom is you have been healed. It's part. It's one of your rights. It's one of your privileges. Everybody says, well, I'm still going to heaven, right? Yeah, heaven is one of the things you get when you get into the kingdom of God. It, it's a, it comes along. It comes along with the buffet. See, peace comes along. Righteousness comes along. Power comes along. Order. These aren't things you try to get or try to believe for. These are things you have because you're a citizen of the kingdom of God and you are an heir of the kingdom of God and you've received everything. It says that Jesus was the heir of all things and you're a joint heir with Jesus who was heir of all things, which makes you the heir of all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the reason's simple. Maybe we're not preaching the right thing. Maybe we're not telling people, you know, get saved and go to heaven. Get saved and go to heaven. And that's good that we're getting people saved and gone to heaven, but most of them are a total disaster for the next 30 years on their way to heaven. And if you ain't careful, they'll occupy all your time. See, people do not want churchy religiosity. They want a life change. They want things to change in their life. Once people know about the kingdom and they see it modeled, they will press into it. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, this tells the story here, verse 13. The day that you got born again, he has delivered us from the power or the kingdom of darkness and then translate us into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, in that kingdom, we have redemption through his blood and we have the forgiveness of sin. So you have, not going to get, you have forgiveness. When you mess up, you already have forgiveness. Just repent, move on, move on to something else. And notice you're not going to get redeemed, you have redemption. It already belongs to you. What have you been redeemed from? Everything that came into the earth when Adam messed up and everything from the kingdom of darkness. You're redeemed from worry. You're redeemed from fear. You're redeemed from failure. You're redeemed from bad days. So you don't want to take part in those things. So basically here it says all the things basically when you entered into the kingdom of God as a citizen, you switched kingdoms. You came out of one kingdom, but now you have to go into the other kingdom. The problem is most people have come out of one kingdom and then stayed in one kingdom. They're not going into the kingdom because they don't understand what the kingdom of God is about. So basically we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and we're into the kingdom of his dear son. We immigrated from a foreign country, the power of darkness, where we had a, basically at that time the whole race was exiled by Adam. It wasn't our fault we were born as citizens in that, but he rebelled. He basically caused treason by coming against a country. And for treason, what do you get for treason? You get death. I mean, even though we got spiritual death. And that wasn't because of us, but it was because of 
Adam. So we lost our citizenship, we lost the kingdom, we lost our king, we lost our property, we lost our territory. If you lose your territory, you cannot be a king because a king has to have something to rule over. So man was no longer a king anymore. He was just a person in the kingdom of darkness, basically a citizen there. So Jesus Christ came back, his public ministry. He announced, I got good news for you. I'm bringing the kingdom back to you. And he preached that you can get back into the kingdom of God. He was making immigration available to every person on the earth to get out of darkness and back into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. All right, go to John chapter 3. All right, John chapter 3, let's just start in verse 1. We might as well do the whole thing. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Now, he was missing something, wasn't he? This is one of the top religious leaders, and he said, something I'm doing wrong because Jesus does a lot different things than I do. So Jesus was modeling the kingdom, and this guy wanted to get into the kingdom of God, basically, without knowing it. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, Oh my gosh, how can a man be born when he's old? Can I enter back in the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. Uh, we've all heard about born again. People talk about born again. We preach about born again. And we preach about being going, born again and going to heaven. And I mean, that's true to a certain extent. But notice Jesus never mentions heaven here at all. The only thing he mentions is get born again so you can get into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus, I think, only talked about born again one time that I can remember. This was the only preaching he did on it. So his main focus was not being born again. His main focus was this is the way that you enter into the kingdom that Adam lost and get back in where you belong. So the new birth basically gets us into the kingdom of heaven. How? By born. You were born into a new kingdom. How many of you got in the kingdom of darkness here on the earth? How many became an American citizen? You were born here. Well, you were born of the flesh. But now he says, you've got to have a spiritual rebirth now in order to be born of the spirit. So when I get born again, then I come in the kingdom. Basically, this is the uh, naturalization process of becoming a kingdom citizen. You know, some, some people come in, they're not born here, and they've got to go through all this paperwork or whatever. Thank God we didn't have to go through that, huh? No, all we had to do was accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and, and what he did for us. And we were instantly, say instantly, instantly born into the kingdom of God. Praise God. Given our passport and returned our rights to us and everything that we needed, we became a citizen of the kingdom of God, how we were born here. So it's basically naturalization to where we now come back to our original position back in Genesis. We now have dominion. We now have authority. We now have our purpose. What's our purpose? To extend the kingdom into the earth realm. And he has to do that through people in a physical body who are spirit beings, which means it's us. It's our job to extend the kingdom. That's what purpose is. That's what we're here for. When we become citizens of the kingdom of God, it means that we now choose to align ourselves also with the new government and the new country. 
You align yourself with morals of the kingdom, the ideals, the values, the language. That's what baptism really is if you study it out. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are making a pledge or an agreement to follow his discipleship in every area of his life and to obey his word. That's what baptism does. So basically here, once we get in the kingdom of God, how many of you know there has to be some changes in your life? How many know there has been changes in your life, I hope, since you entered the kingdom of God? Notice you enter the kingdom of God and all at once all those things you thought were so much fun before just don't seem to be a whole lot of fun anymore. Getting drunk and throwing up just isn't with that big a thrill anymore after you get in the kingdom of God. Praise God, there's something. Worrying just wasn't that great when you were worried night and day. Fear just wasn't that wonderful when I was there, praise God. So no, no, you come out of these things slowly and surely. You walk in the kingdom of God. You take dominion over situations. You make the right decisions. You follow the word of God as much as you can. And how many knew you got a good teacher on the inside of you? And he's here basically to teach you the kingdom of God ways and, and how to apply it in your life so that you have a successful life. So the new birth returns us to our dominion, to our kingdom, and to our rights as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. All right, go to Philippians chapter 3. Every teaching you've got on Wednesday night so far, if you, if you notice, it's been a piece of the puzzle of the kingdom of God. We've taught you about the Constitution, how important it is. Why? Because you need to follow the Constitution. I mean, if you come to the United States and you want to drive 200 mile an hour down I-95, I don't care where you're from, it's not going to work in here. I don't care if you did that in your old country or not, it doesn't work. So we've got to find the rules. We've got to find the laws of the kingdom of God because we want to obey them. We want to live in right alignment or righteousness with the kingdom of God. And we do that by seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything is automatically added to us automatically without begging for it, trying to get it, pleading with God to get it. It just comes to us, praise God. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 20. For our conversation or lifestyle or citizenship is in where? Heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This tells you that your citizenship is in heaven. Now notice, not when you get to heaven, when you get born again. You are immediately a citizen of heaven right now if you've been born again. Your citizenship is a present reality. God has bought his son into the kingdom here and he made an avenue for us to get in by his blood. Religion always told me when you die and get to heaven, everything's going to be fine. And how many know it is going to be? But I had, you know, 70 years to live down here. And everything wasn't very fine down here. Matter of fact, nothing was going right in my life at that time. Why is that? Because it was postponed to a later date, and the kingdom of God was actually in heaven instead of being in me. So basically, what was I doing? I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I started reading the word and found out, my God, I'm in the kingdom right now. My God, I got power right now. My God, he commands me not to be anxious. I didn't know that. I thought he wanted me to worry all the time. That shows compassion when you worry about everybody. People say, don't you have any compassion? Yeah, I do, but I'm not stupid enough to worry about things all day and night. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here you're a citizen. Why is that important? Because once again, religion always postpones citizenship and all the, the rights to it to your future. Religious leaders told me, don't worry, everything will be all right. 
Just wait till tomorrow. God knows. He knows. He knows. You can never understand God anyway. Just hang in there. Everything will work good. If it doesn't, suffering for Jesus. You're suffering for Jesus. I'm sure he likes it and everything. See, all this stuff just postpones it. It gives you no rights. It gives you no privileges. It wants you to hope and just hold on another day. But we don't have to hold on another day. We can live victorious right now because we're citizens of the kingdom of God right now. And even though we're on earth, we're still citizens of the kingdom. If I decide to go on a cruise or we travel someplace else, we travel to Australia, I'm still a citizen of the United States when I'm there. I don't lose my citizenship. So I still got all the rights. I still got everything that I've got. I just change countries in the natural, but I'm still a citizen. So you don't lose your citizenship when you cross the border. It doesn't. Now you lose your citizenship rights if you get arrested. You're still a citizen, but you ain't going to be able to get a lot of things you got because you're locked up in a box someplace. So that's what, what are we doing? That's somebody who's not obeying the laws of the United States of America. So we want to obey the laws of the kingdom of God so we don't end up that way, basically. So religion is always postponing everything. Things are going to get better, but not today. It's going to get a lot better. Just wait. Just hold on. But no, today can be your day. Jesus said, today's the day of your salvation. He didn't say when you die and go to heaven, that's the day. So basically, these people who teach that kind of stuff, they're wrong. The kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is present and functional on the earth right now in your life. If you have been born again, then you have been naturalized, and you are a kingdom citizen right now in the kingdom of heaven. This means that all the rights, the benefits, and the privileges of kingdom citizenship, they are yours. Now, how am I going to know my rights? How am I going to know my benefits? How am I going to know my privileges? Going to have to go to the Constitution, ain't I? Find out what's good, what belongs to me, what it says in there. And the best part about it is every country starts changing their constitution. How many know God doesn't change? So you don't have to find something in here and wonder if it was changed from Philippians to Revelation. No, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So once you find something in the kingdom, it belongs to you all the time because he does not change. So you can enjoy citizenship. That's why he's trying to bring heaven into the earth. And the Old Testament says you can live as days of heaven on the earth. Hallelujah. All right, go to John 18. All right, John 18, look at verse 36. Jesus is speaking. Jesus answers them. Answers Pilate and says, my kingdom, well, it's not really of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. How many know this had a screw Pilate up? He gets in front of Jesus and they're after him for everything. He says, I don't care. This ain't my kingdom anyway. So notice, we have dual citizenship, don't we? Jesus was here, but he was also a citizen and a son of heaven. We're the same way. We have dual citizenship. All kingdom citizens are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, as well as citizens of the earthly nation that you were born into. So that would make us Americans. We don't give up our earthly citizenship when we become citizens of heaven. In the same way, we don't have to be in heaven to have the benefits from our heavenly privileges. We can have them down here on the earth. Hallelujah. Our citizenship is constant. The kingdom of God exercises jurisdiction over us everywhere we go. So everywhere you go, and, and this is the thing too, which is good. You can't understand it, but it doesn't matter whether you're living in Beverly Hills or whether you're living in the ghetto. Because if you obey the laws of the kingdom, you're going to end up prosperous, even in a place where it don't look like you can be prosperous. 
See, it doesn't have. Well, I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Well, in heaven, there is no wrong side of the tracks. All the sides of the tracks are good. But see, we're, we're from the earth, aren't we? Well, you know, I was born here, and, and I was born in this neighborhood, and nobody ever, well, then praise God, get in the kingdom of God, get the word of God, and come out there and be an example for everybody else who's stuck in that stupid hole that everybody's living in there. But when we're focused on the earth, see, well, the stock market's going down, this is happening, everything's going bad. Well, we still got a connection up here. Come on, that's not everything that we need. We've got a higher source. We've got a higher citizenship up there. So basically, Jesus looks at him and says, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, my kingdom basically is in this world, but it's not of this world. It's from another place. Now, this had to do the same thing it did to Nicodemus. How many of you know? Nicodemus had no idea what was going on. So even though we are in a foreign territory, our government is still operating here in the colony called Earth. Our registration is not here. It's in heaven. When it says our citizenship is in heaven, it means that our registration and our official documentation is not on earth. It is in the kingdom of heaven. Your name, whether you like it or not, has been written in the Lamb's book of life. What is that? It's a citizen register up there that everybody's name in. And once again, how many of you know you can't get in this registration or this kingdom by being a good boy? By doing your best. I'm not that bad. You ever ask anybody, are you born again? Well, I'm not that bad a person. Well, you're not good enough, brother. I hate to break the news to you. Whatever you're doing, you better double and triple up on because you ain't going to get there. Well, I went to church every day for 45 years. Well, good for you, but that still ain't going to get you. You know, he's got these illegals coming across the border. What if they said, well, I went to church, you know, and I've done everything I want in the government, and I praise the president, and I've done, well, it doesn't matter. You're not going to go anywhere anyway because ye must be born again, praise God. And that's once again, so you can't take credit for it. He gets credit for it. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 12. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 22. But you are come unto the Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God and the judge of all, and to the spirits of the just men made perfect. Here Paul was writing, I believe, and he says basically he's trying to get them to see the difference between being a citizen of a heavenly kingdom and being a citizen of down here on the earth. He says you've got access to an innumerable number of angels. How many know that must be a lot of them? Glory to God. People say all the time, well the devil took one third of the angels. Yeah, well we got two thirds. See, it depends which way you look at it. Yeah, you got one-third. We got two-thirds, praise God. So we should be better off than him. So here it says basically what would happen? Your names have been written where? In heaven. Your registry is there with the God, the judge of all. Spirits made perfect. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. Somebody came to me one time when I was teaching and said, well, what number do you think I am? I said, I don't care what number you are. As long as you're a number, brother, it doesn't make any difference if you're 100 or 2,000 million 452. Pray about it and fast. Maybe you'll get it out. Oh, praise God. People ask the dumbest questions that really don't make any difference at all. All right, Luke chapter 10. Look at verse 19. Behold, 
I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not, and the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in the book of heaven. So here, what's he talking about? He's talking about when you were born again, your names were written in heaven's official registry, your valid confirmation that you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God in heaven, even though we still live on the earth. So even though you are physically away from the kingdom country of heaven, you are still a citizen of the kingdom. So he says, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice rather because your names are written in heaven. In other words, do not rejoice for your peace, your power, your authority, your victory. Rejoice in your citizenship, which gave you peace, power, joy, and victory. Because here's the thing. If you rejoice in your peace when you have it, if you lose it, you're no longer going to rejoice in your peace. Right? If you rejoice in your healing and all one symptoms hits your body, you're no longer going to be rejoicing in your... But if you rejoice in your citizenship, which automatically provides your healing... Now when I get hit with the symptoms, it doesn't matter because I'm rejoicing in my citizenship that gave me, are you following me? It gives us our stuff. It already gives, it takes it out of that where you're pushed back trying to get something again that belongs to you. It's already been given to you. So what do we do? Rejoice in our citizenship. Uh, are you going to get sick when the, when the flu goes around? I'm a citizen. I can't. I'm a citizen of a different country. There's healing there. There's health there. It's already been given to me. Praise God. I can't do that. Are you going to get all upset today? Can't. Got peace from my back camera. <laughs> I'd like to join you, but not today. I just can't get there, praise God. See? Are you afraid? Of, no, I'm not afraid of anything. See, because I'm, God's not given me, first of all, a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So what am I doing? I'm getting my strength and everything from a different country than the country that we're looking at down here, praise God. All right. Let's go to, back to John 18. All right, let's start in verse 36 again. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find no fault in him. So here's Jesus talking to him. He came, he said, Well, I'm a king. I belong to a different kingdom. And Pilate says, Are you a king? And do you belong to a different kingdom? And Jesus said, Yeah, I speak truth. And that's what it is. So what was the truth? The truth is Jesus was a king of a kingdom, but he brought a kingdom with him into the earth realm. I mean, look at like Herod. Herod was petrified when Jesus, who was a little baby, was called a king. Because he knew the king coming was going to be more powerful than him and going to take over his kingdom. That's what kings do. They try to take more territory all the time. So he was petrified. So Jesus coming up, you're right. The truth is, I'm a king. 
I'm from another place, but I'm here in the earth right now for a short period of time. Then I'm going back to my home country. Then I'm going to send the Spirit of God into the natural realm. And all these people are going to be kings also down there. And they're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. They're going to be from this country, but they're going to be living in this country. And they're going to be extending my kingdom just like I'm extending my kingdom. One person at a time. Here, there, all over the place. And pretty soon there'll be 120 of them. Then there'll be a million of them. Then there'll be 5,000 more of them. Then there'll be 10,000 more. What happened? It just keeps growing and growing and growing. And how many know Pilate understood everything? Absolutely nothing but he said. All right, go to Revelations 21. If you're having trouble right now with everything going on in the world, cheer up. Heaven's winning. If you're struggling with the world right now, just read the Bible and start in the back of the book. <laughs> All right, Revelations 21, look at verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is talking about all kingdom citizens possess dual citizenship in heaven and on the earth. This status will continue until a day when the present heaven and the present earth is going to pass away. And the king is going to recreate a brand new earth and a brand new heaven. And there will be no more separation anymore between man and God. Because God will also be dwelling with men at the same time, in the same place, and he will live with them forever. On that day, the government of heaven will exercise full dominion over the new earth under the co-rulership of all the kingdom citizens. Praise God. How many know that's good news? Glory. All right, go to Luke 17. I never thought of heaven as a home country or being a citizen of it. I really believed it was real because I believed if I died, I was going to heaven, and most people believe that. But for me to believe it was a country right now in existence, and I couldn't see it, and I'm a citizen of it, I never really grasped that before. People would say, you're going to heaven? Yeah. Have you ever seen heaven? No. Do you know it's there? Yeah. How do you know it's there? Huh? I just know it's there. But I didn't know it was a country. Ain't that right? I didn't know it was a country that I was a citizen of or I could actually connect to it down here and use what it has up there. That never occurred to me. All right, Luke chapter 17. Look at verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, Neither shall they say, Lo here, or Lo over there, for behold, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. So in the kingdom of heaven right now, there is basically a kingdom that you cannot see. How many of you know you can't see when somebody gets born again? They come to the altar, they receive Jesus Christ, and they learn to say, it's like they change physically, and they glow, and they fly out, and can't even touch the ground. No, you can't tell the difference in the natural realm, because it's a spiritual thing that happens, basically. So you cannot see the kingdom of heaven because it's invisible and so are its citizens invisible. Nobody knows if we're a kingdom of heaven or not a kingdom of heaven. Nobody knows if you're born again or not. The kingdom of God is invisible. We cannot detect it simply by observation. The kingdom of God resides within its citizens. That means that all kingdom citizens are invisible. We have no, if you have no physical or outward signs that broadcast to the world that I'm a citizen, 
no one will ever know that you are a citizen. I mean, I, I've, I've tried to get people saved already for a long time, and when I finally got them saved, I found out they were saved about two years ago. <laughs> but I didn't know because there was nothing there. How I many know the cross around your neck doesn't do that? The fish on your bumper sticker isn't going to tell everybody who you are and what you can do. But that's what we want to do. But notice, citizenship comes basically from a change in your life and in who you are, the way you live, and the way you do things. Since Christian citizenship is invisible, the only way you can actually know someone is from a particular place is by listening to them and observing their behavior over time. And you, you know this too in the natural realm. If you run into some guy and you're talking to him and every other thing is, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, man. You know, he's from the Bahamas. How did you find out? By the way he talks. If you get somebody from Australia who's got that, that accent, you don't have to wonder where they're from. They do. Well, then our language should be different than the language of the world. See, people should know you're different. How? By the characteristics that is in your life. That's how they tell you're from. Your language should be different. Your behavior should definitely be known to others that you're different. They should recognize basically the way you live and the distinct culture that you have. Even in the Bahamas, you know, you know, when we get born again out of darkness, you don't you instantly become a new creation, but there's a growing process that takes place, and you can drag a lot of that stuff in you and hang on to it. If you ever went to the Bahamas, which if you've ever been on a cruise, you've been there because I think every cruise in the world goes through there. But when you get over there, they, they escaped from Britain years ago. They declared independence. They're no longer under Britain rule. But if you go there, you'd swear they are under Britain rule because they still got those narrow little roads that I don't know how anybody drives. And they go around those little circles and they all wear those stupid knee socks and they wear those half-down shorts and they all drink tea about three times a day and they all talk the same way. They talk the proper English rather than regular English. Why is that? Because there's some residue... Since they called independence and a declaration of independence from them that they carried over and they're still doing today. They drive on the wrong side of the road. Why is that? Because that was still there. So as you come out of the kingdom of darkness, we want to learn and we want to grow in things and come out of the ways of darkness, out of the way they act, out of the behavior, out of the way we think, because you can still be influenced by the kingdom of darkness even though you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And this is what real growth is. It's not being real holy. It's not folding your hands. It's not kneeling when you're praying. It's not any of those things. It's your character and who you are now. Can somebody see a difference in your life? Can somebody see? And if, if your character changes through the word of God, you won't have to try to convince people. People will know you're crazy. Come on, isn't the truth? You won't have to try to prove to them you're crazy. Just be yourself, and everybody will know you're crazy. You know? Basically, you know, like when Maria was in the hospital there, and, and the doctor comes around and says, well, hemoglobin, you're probably not going to make it through. And she said, oh, no, I'm going to live, praise God, because God's healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I mean, no, he knew somebody was crazy. But what was she doing? She was just stating the covenant that she had with heaven and not hooking up with what he was trying to make a covenant with her down here. And he's trying his best. Praise God. I, nothing against doctors. If you make a covenant with them, if you don't have a connection up here, you better make a covenant with them because you're going to need them before it's over with. But it's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. But there was a higher thing there. And I tell you, when you get to a place where nobody on earth can help you, how many know you really turn to God then? You know, it's like you see some places with that uh, thing in where it's got an axe and it says break in time of emergency. <laughs> it's like God's in there and you've tried this and tried that then where you take the axe out. Like, God, I want to go to God now, praise God. He's my last resort. He's my last shot here. I got to go for that. 
And that's the way we do a lot because we haven't grown and understand the kingdom way. So we try, try the doctor, try the bank, try everybody. And then when it don't work out, we go to God at the last minute. But that should be our first. That's our best. That's our most wonderful. I mean, everything up there is better, praise God, for each and every one of us. So culture is a product basically of your language, your ideals, and your values of a people or a nation. Even though people cannot recognize us as kingdom citizens by our outward appearance, the heavenly influence in our language, our morals, our behavior, and our values should give us away. Our culture should reflect and reveal our citizenship as being here, not from here, but as being in the world, but not of the world. That's why Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. He said, you are the light of the world. Well, what's light? Light is knowledge. Light is revelation. You've got a revelation of something, and you don't act like that anymore. And I tell you, when you get born again, and you really get born again, and you start acting different, and then you go back to your relation who hasn't seen you in a while, they are going to know, I'm telling you right now, something's different. When you go back to your hometown after you've been drinking for 30 years, and everybody knows who you are and how you acted, they don't want you go back there, and you're not drinking anymore, and you're talking about the Lord, and you're talking about, I mean, you know, they think, there he goes. 911, somebody get a hold of him. This guy wants to go, see? Well, what happened? There was a, there was a change made. One, there was something different that was there. And we change out of that. A lot of people do that and go right back into the things that they got and live in the kingdom of darkness. And then, of course, God gets credit for not helping them, and the devil gets credit for beating them up. And that's not what it is. You're making the wrong choices. All right, go to Luke 13. Every time I'm in a position where somebody gets mad at me or upset with me or says something that's very, very nice about me or don't appreciate me, I just think of God. Man, if anybody has taken a bad rap, if anybody has taken crap after crap after crap, it's him. You know, I don't know that many people. I'm sure he knows a lot more than I do. And he's dealing with people all over the world who are blaming him for everything that's going on everywhere. Hallelujah. All right, Luke chapter 13. Look at verse 20. And again, Jesus said, Where to shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which his woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. So what's he talking about here? Kingdom of God, isn't he? He's saying, hey, let me explain how the kingdom of God works. Even though the kingdom of God is invisible, it has an impact on your life. Just like leaven has an impact on what you're cooking. Jesus taught on this fact. Yeast, how many know when you put yeast in dough, it works very slowly, slowly goes through, slowly makes an influence, makes a difference as you mix it up. The yeast is invisible, but you know what's in there because you put it in there, but it has an influence, and pretty soon, if you don't put it in there, how many know the, bake won't, the bread won't bake right? It won't be no good. So kingdom influence is invisible, but without it, kingdom citizens will never take their place to fulfill their purpose because you cannot extend a kingdom you're not living in. Because you're here to extend the morals. You're here to extend the values. You're here to extend the ways. And if you're not living those ways, how are you going to, you know? Oh, my God, everything's terrible. I'm born again, but it's rotten. I, oh, God, don't love me. I'm worried. I can't. Would you like to become a Christian? No, thanks. I got less troubles than you, God. I'll just stay where I'm at right now. See, it don't work that way. It's not good advertisement. It doesn't work out. And notice what it says here. Verse 21. And it looks like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three. Say three. three. Say it again, three. three. Now, why would he use the word three there? Because you are three parts. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you have a... So he don't want your yeast just in your spirit. 
You don't want you born again acting like the devil. He wants the yeast to come out of your spirit to get into your mind, will, and emotions, your soul. And then if it gets out in your physical body, how I many you know that's going to be health? So it gets all the way through. So he wants that yeast to get all the way through. He don't want to be trapped in your spirit, and that's it, who you are, a spirit man. No, he wants it to get out in your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings and your ways. And then pretty soon it'll get in your physical body. Because a lot of the sickness in the world today is because of the soul. Well, if your soul gets completely in line with God, then you won't have to worry about the physical anymore that comes around. But worry and fear and all this stuff causes that stuff in our life. So this is what the church is for. This is why we're here. This is why we're kingdom citizens. It's not a religious place where we come together and try to become more holy every Sunday or, or do better. It's an embassy of the kingdom of God. It's a place where kingdom citizens, new and old, can be trained in the ways, in the laws, in the language, and the customs of the kingdom. The church has equipped its citizens in kingdom living, kingdom knowledge, and kingdom nation. Why? To extend the kingdom of God into this earth realm on a daily basis. A lot of people get upset, you know, the job that they have. Most of the time, the job that you have is a job you're supposed to have. I know you work with a bunch of fools. That's why you're there. I know you work with a bunch of hard people. That's why you're there. I know you work with a bunch of terrible people. That's why you're there. How are you going to get it? He can't put every terrible person in the world in one block. It ain't going to do no good. So we're like undercover, like secret agents. See, we get in there and all at once we're walking in love and we're walking in peace and we're walking in joy and we're having a good day every day, which makes everybody mad. Everybody wants you to have a down day someday, praise God. Everybody's got a sin to have a down day. Well, no, you don't, not according to the kingdom of God, but according to the world standards, it's that way. So we're changing. We're understanding the kingdom of God. But we're citizens of heaven. Say, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of the U.S. But my citizenship in heaven is much more important than my citizenship here on the earth. I choose to get my help, my peace, my joy, my health, my excitement, my everything from this kingdom, not from this kingdom. All right. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for once again revealing your kingdom to us. Father, we're so happy to be a part of your kingdom. We're so happy for everything that you gave us freely with that. And we're going to go out today. And tonight we're going to continue to extend the kingdom of God into the lives of the people that we are there. We're going to smile when people are grumping. We're not going to, we're going to be patient with other people when we should be mad. We're just going to change things around in their life. And it's love that makes the difference and we choose to live in love in every single area of our life. I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the penetration of your spirit and your word. And we give you praise for the change in everybody's life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.